Hello, and welcome to the adventures of the Magical Negro and Yellow Peril. And today, well, first let's do catch-up before we even get into it. Um, yeah, this whole week is, just, the last two weeks have just been, like, me job hunting. But, uh, Real uh, yeah, you know, it's just been that, and a couple geek things, but I'm gonna put that into this is my shit. Okay. Um, I recently attended FogCon last weekend, Friends of the Genre Conference up in Walnut Creek, which was awesome. I was on three panels, um, When Your Traveler is My Colonizer, mm. Focus on Ferguson, and, um... Polyamory and speculative fiction, and in real life, uh. um, they all I think went really well. Um, I appreciated that the focus on Ferguson panel was like four black folks and one white person who I knew and trusted. So I was like, okay, this is good. Um, some stupid questions got shut down really nicely. Well, I mean, I didn't know it was in, in Walnut Creek. That kind of like, changed a lot. Of, I was like, mm, Walnut I'm, Creek. I'm, I'm like, I'm glad you got back safely. I know. <laughs> I didn't leave the hotel. I didn't leave the hotel. They right. were, it was fine to stay there. Um, I know. When I looked across and there was a Maserati dealership, I was like, I am not amongst my people. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But that was a good time overall. Okay. And what was not a good time is going to go into my why must it be this week. Okay. <laughs> Shall we go into, uh, well, first off, uh, let's, this is going to be uh, more than human. That's yes. today's topic. Today's topic is more than human. Um, but uh, this is my shit. I am so hyped. I started watching this new anime. Um, mm-hmm. It's called Virgin Witch Maria, which oh, okay. sounds whack, right? Okay. But it's taking place during the Hundred Years' War. Mm-hmm. And you have this witch who basically, her thing is, she's trying to stop warfare. Okay. So every time, like, armies get together to go fight, she basically summons a monster and scares them away to okay. try to save as many lives as possible, right? So she's doing this. By episode two, she is having a fight with the archangel Michael, <laughs> who is telling her, no, wars are supposed to happen. People are supposed to die. You're disrupting the natural order. Mm. And so um, what's great is, like, other people... Like, other people who are part of the church are like, wait, but she's helping people not get dead, and you want... Like, they're, they're all like, but... And, you know, there's a couple people in the church who are still shady as fuck, which I yeah. love. Like, they have um, one of the local nobles, he's ba- basically gotten his nephew in as the bishop, and so they're scheming together, and they're basically like, maybe we could get her to go stop the English more than us. Uh, and then we can, you know, so like yeah. they got, they got a nice realistic hustle. Um, outside of the fact that, uh, Maria has magic and she's got summons, everything else is very realistic. Um, like, so people, you know, most of the people are farmers. No one else has superpowers. Um, and the whole virgin part is basically Michael basically, uh, curses her and says, you, you know, you can't use your powers in public. And if you uh, if you have sex, then you will lose your powers. Ooh, which is fucked up. But I'm like, okay, at least the villain is the reason this is happening. It's not like just a natural part of the world because that's true. A bunch of other witches, and the other witches are having sex. Okay, the witches, like the other witches are teasing her. They're like, hey, you might, you know, you might as well be out having fun. Like, why are you, uh, you know, doing this? But um, the thing that there's. The two things that are kind of, mm, uh, there is her two summons, she has a succubus and an incubus, mm-hmm. but because she hasn't, she hasn't seen a guy naked, she didn't complete her incubus, so he's constantly complaining. He's like, you should put this on me. I should have one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
the succubus, of course, is running around in, like, strap gear, right? <laughs> like, in your boat. Naked. And I'm guessing very boobalicious. She's super boobalicious. Okay. Um, unnecessary. But, unnecessary. But, you know, at least we have an incubus. Yeah. Right? I just want him to get completed, right? <laughs> um, the part that's really problematic, though, is that, oh. so far, anytime queer characters have shown up, they've always been a joke. And so it's like, you know, the succubus, mm. basically the succubus is going around to turn down the morale of troops the night before battle. Okay. Right. And so, like, she comes back at one point, she's like, well, there's one guy who I couldn't reach. And so she comes in the tent of the priest, and the priest is clearly getting it on with his, like, you know, younger... Oh! Yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh, we have a divine love she can't touch, and it's basically played for lols. And then there's another point when, like, she goes to go seduce, like, the lover of an enemy leader, and it turns out to do... And I'm just like, okay, guys, like, we could just not, you know? Can can we have the queer characters who aren't a joke? Right. Um, well, that jumps off into one of my This Is My Shit, okay. which is the comic The Wicked and the Divine, mm. which I uh, hat tip to my friend Geardrops, who let me have her copy. Mm-hmm. And I read that shit, and it's amazing. It's the first five, the Faust Act. And for those who don't know, the premise is that every 90 years, um, 12 gods are reborn. They are loved, they are hated, and within two years, they are dead. So, the interesting thing about this is since it's set in 2014, this is something that's known in this world, Uh but this is the first time they have, like, photographic evidence of shit. Like, everyone's got a camera phone. Exactly. Okay. So, when it starts, our main character is not one of the 12. She's a young... A mixed-race girl whose father is black and her mother is white, mm-hmm. um, who is disaffected and alienated and portrayed in a really... It's portrayed well. And she goes to the concert of a young girl, one of the 12, named Amaterasu, who happens to be a red-headed white girl, and is called out by that from a reporter, which I appreciated. Um, and she sort of befriends Lucy, short for Lucifer, who's a very... David Bowie-like girl in a white suit. I like her. Nice. Um, I enjoy her very much. Nice. Uh, and the characters are really interesting. The um, commentary is really interesting. I haven't gotten as far yet, but I found out that the reincarnation of Inanna is a queer brown man. Okay. So I'm really interested to get to that next issue. Um, and it's just pretty awesome. I was like, the characters are good. It's really exploring fan culture in some cases. Like, all these people are, like, wearing shirts <laughs> like, identify themselves with one of them. Um, we're pretty sure that Woden is racist as hell, because people are like, oh, yeah, we don't. He's the inventor, and we don't like him. So there's interesting stuff happening, um, and I am really a fan. Okay. Like, and there's queerness throughout. At one point, Lucy's, like, running down the list of the other 12, and she's slept with most of them, okay. men and women. And she's like, eh, you know. Good times. Right. And so I was like, I appreciated that. Except for Athena, who happens to be 12, so no one's touching her, which I also appreciated. Right, right. Um, and she looks sort of punked out, which I like. You know, I like a punky 12-year-old. I like any 12-year-old girl in a comic that's not a manic pixie dream girl. Yeah. Because I'm just, it's too much. Yeah. Um, but that's one of mine. Um, yeah, that. Do you have another This Is My Shit? Not right at this moment. It's early in the morning. My brain is only working so well. <laughs> I understand. I have another one. Okay. Which is a book called League of Seven that okay. I was turned on to at the con. 
which is steampunk. And you know I have my love-hate relationship with steampunk because it's usually white people going back to a time when they were colonials, colonialists and ignoring the fact that they were colonialists. Right. But this one is set in America. Europe disappeared. No one knows how. The darkness crept over it. And you know, I'm going to blame a lack of bathing. I just leave it at that. <laughs> right? Anybody they sent to investigate disappears. <laughs> so at this point, the United States is known as the United Nations. Because without that support, they really couldn't slaughter all the native folks. So there's still Iroquois nations. There's still people of color. Okay. There's a lot of native folks. Okay. Um, the main character is a white boy. But um, basically, it's that electricity, they don't use electricity because technically it's, the rumor is that it's dangerous. Okay. But really, using it releases these huge catholoid monsters known as the Mangleborn. Um, and so the villain of the book is the evil genius Thomas Alva Edison. Oh. Um, so I'm already in love with it. They have, there's like, and so it's called League of Seven because there's a League of Seven that like reappears every few years and like fights back the Mangleborn when they get free. Okay. And they always include um, a tinker, a, um, a trickster, a scientist, a um, lawgiver, a hero, a strongman, and a warrior. Okay. And so, like, the ones, the one League of Seven we've heard more about had women. The okay. lawgiver was, like, an Egyptian princess known as Mott. Okay. So I was like, okay. Yeah. You got some, I'm, I'm pretty sure the rest of the seven, I, it's pretty obvious to me, even, like, three chapters in, that this white boy is the hero, because that's the one he connects with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm fairly sure the other people aren't going to be... Totally sidelined. Totally sidelined, and I'm pretty sure they aren't all going to be white, which I appreciate. Okay. Um, so, yeah, it's already a little creepy. His parents have been taken over by slugs attached to the back of their neck. Yeah. Um, they're huge, like, steam-powered tinker soldiers that have personalities and, like, cards you can trade out for different um, skill sets you want them to have. How oh, very Baymax. It is very Baymax. <laughs> um, steam <yeah>. Baymax. <laughs> So yeah, I, I was I, I'm I'm liking it so far. I was like, okay, okay, that sounds pretty dope. Yeah, I oh. appreciated it. I was like, people of color, look, we exist. <laughs> Shall we move on to uh, our you know, more than human? More than human. Um, so you suggested this topic. Yeah, I was super excited by it because I was like, more than human, less than human. People of color are always one or the other. Mm. Um, and sometimes a random mix of both. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think this topic is especially relevant. And when I was thinking of the mix of both, the first character that came to mind was Ronan Dex from um, oh, SGA. Yeah. yeah. Who's, you know, acknowledged, and don't, this is not me critiquing Jason Momoa. So Lula. for folks who don't know, that's Stargate Atlantis. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I, I slipped it's into my good. fan mode. Um, this is not me critiquing Jason Momoa. I love him and would not do him like that. Um, I even love his Conan more than the original. But his character is like this wily warrior who's like better than all of them at fighting. They pretty much all acknowledge this. He's also less civilized. Which bugs me because I did see the episode where they show his background. And, and he's originally a doctor. Yes. And so now he loses the ability to talk in full sentences. And like... Well, <laughs> it would be one thing if they acknowledged that it was like PTSD or whatever. But he comes from a high tech society. Certainly higher than Earth is at this moment. Right. So I was when we get that backstory episode, I was like, "Y'all are fucking with me, right? Y'all are fucking." But with like, me. like then, then I was expecting something happen. Like he had like some kind of like you know 
some kind of, like, brain alteration. You know, like, maybe they did something to him, and then, you know, he didn't come out with everything. You know, oh, he put him through the machine or something. Like, that didn't happen. I was just like, so he just forgot how to be like a doctor? No, 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 he was a warrior. Oh, he was a warrior. His wife was a nurse. Okay. That's what it was. But he was still smart. That gun of his that they didn't know how to work was his. He made that. Right. Like, like you made it. Exactly. You could make more. Like, and I just, I, okay. Um, so that was the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, I'm not even talking about movies like Jupiter Ascending, because in that, as I understand it, I still haven't seen it. We need to see it. We need to see it. Um, but as I understand it, most people aren't human in that. So that's a whole separate thing. Right, right. It's different. It was, it's one thing if, like, only POC are off, are put into this weird place, or if POC are put into the ones that are more sketchy. Yeah. You know. But otherwise, like, if everyone's modified, it's usually not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, actually, see, it's funny because I was just thinking about, like, sort of human modification in general, but mm-hmm. doing this specific theme, um, tying back to River, River Tam of, um, of oh, uh, Firefly, and just sort of like, oh, you have super awesome martial arts skills that make you better, but now you only see the world through magical, non-neurotypical things that make you really weird and spacey, and well, like... Yeah. <laughs> and let's pretend you're white. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> that makes us happy in some way. I don't even know. Well, I mean, the reason I read her as white was mostly because she was spacey. I didn't realize she was non-neurotypical for the first episode. <laughs> I, was just like, I was just like, oh, you just... Okay, that's not funny, <laughs> but it is. Well, I, you know, I work in Berkeley, and yes. I had to deal with a lot of folks who basically <laughs> choose to live in different realities. So it's like, I was just like, oh, you're one of them folks. Like, you came from a rich family... You see flowers and shit wherever you go because you oh, know just, you're high on something, like, and because and because your religion is trees, right? <laughs> you know, like I, I totally misread it the first thing because, well, to be honest, I didn't see no damn Asian people, and so I was just like, I was totally misreading this. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, River is another one that is like both more and less than human, right? Right, right. And of course, when she de- displays her competency. Like, when she kills those three guys with, like, three shots, all of a sudden people are afraid of her. Right. And it's sort of like, mm. And it's even more problematic that she's non-neurotypical, right? Because yeah. now you're the unpredictable, dangerous person with mental illness. Exactly. Right? Um, it's funny because, like, the other thing that makes me think of in terms of more and less than human, and this is probably better for our next episode, is the Black Panther. Oh. Right? Because, I mean, he's he's clearly mystical. He's, he's pretty much, like... If you had put a white man in that role, mm-hmm. then people would be like, oh, that's like your classic, super awesome, you know, just super intelligent superhero, right? Yeah. But because it's a black guy who's got his own nation, it's sort of like, like you could say, hmm, well, there's interesting parallels to him in Doctor Doom, ruler yes. of the nation, good with tech, good with magic, but at the same time, it's like, why are all these people running around in loincloths still, you know? Wow. And like, Okay, so, yes. And it's yes. like, 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 Dr. Doom, we could say, I can understand why your country is super tech, you know, super advanced compared to everyone else, and you don't help anyone, because you're just like, fuck it, this is about my country. You're a villain. But like, I get it. Wakanda, you're like, okay, guys, so what happened during colonization that you just decided we're not going to help anyone? Right? Well, number one, we're not going to help anyone. Number two, um, we're going to address this. Listen, as someone who... One of my parents comes from Africa, and I've been there when I was younger. 
there are cities. Right. With <laughs> high-rise buildings. Right. With, like, you know, theaters and hotels. Right. And, like, all the shit that exists in cities everywhere. Right. And I don't understand why Wakanda has none of this. Right. Like, like if you <laughs> told me, if you only showed them in this gear for rituals or something like that, that would I'd be, be like, one thing. That is fine. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, just in the same way, like, we can point to churches where it's like, that clothing comes from the 17 or 1600s, mm-hmm. or that hairstyle that you're wearing, and we go, okay, we get it. Yeah. But that doesn't make your entire society like that, right? No. And I just, I don't. It makes me sad inside. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, but, you know, we'll deal with that. Because yeah, next, we'll, yeah, we'll go into it but more yeah, next more episode. and less than human, right? Exactly. Like, mm. oh, um, let's see. God, what else? There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of more, than, more and less than human. Um. Um. Act, well, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, um, damn it, I'm going to forget the name of the series. Um, there's a book... By Adam Troy Castro. Okay. I want to say it's called Emissaries of the Dead. Okay. Um, I don't remember if there are brown people in it. I don't think so. But one of the things I found very interesting is that the romance within this book Mm -hmm. happens between this character who clearly has PTSD. Mm. Because at a very young age, she murdered her play father. Okay. um, When she was not under her, she was not in control of her own body. Okay. Um, like, basically, her backstory is that her village went mad one night, and it was a human-alien co-village, and everyone just started murdering each other, Yee. and no one knows why. Okay. And she's the only one who survived, and she was, like, six, or, like, some ridiculously young age. Okay. So, that's horrible. Right. Um, and so she's got a whole bunch of rules, as you do when you go through PTSD. She right. doesn't like people to touch her. She has... You know, I'm you came up with your coping mechanisms, right? The interesting thing is that the romance that blossoms is between her and a gestalt. I'm probably saying that wrong. Person, okay, who is two people who have technologically linked their minds together to be one being. Okay, so when you say that they have two bodies, they have now two share bodies, one mind, but share one mind. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, and so I didn't finish the third book, the second book in the series. For some reason, I think there's a third that was only published in Germany. Um, <laughs> which I'm like, that can't be good. <laughs> um, I never finished the second, but when the second book starts, they're trying to convince her to join them. Okay. To join to her be brain. A third. To yeah. be a third. Yeah. And I thought that was fascinating in terms of like what it means to be more and less than human. Right. Um, because there are plenty of people who would view that as like a lessening of humanity. Right. In a really intense way. I sort of do on my side. But there's also this interesting fact of, like, there are moments where if they had not been um, linked, did not been sharing one mind, one of them would have died. Right. Like, someone saw someone coming out with a knife. Someone saw this. And so, yeah. It's funny because that makes me think of actually one of the first things I thought of when I suggested the topic, which was Ghost in the Shell. Oh, yes. Um, so Ghost in the Shell t- tends to have two... Two overarching plot lines going in at the same time. There's the cyber cop drama stuff, which I think is really the most interesting stuff. Yes. And then there's then there's the like deep philosophy of what tech does stuff, which I feel uh, you Wait, know to clear it up, we're talking about the anime series, not the film, right? Well, I, like there's the film, the ser- the anime, and the manga, and they yeah. both the, all three of them tend to have both these lines, but they do it on different. Yeah, things, they do it on different levels. Different levels, but like the other thing being the second thing I was gonna say is um like the philosophy of like what does it mean to be human in technology, and I find that um they generally don't do this as well. 
Like, the anime series get the best, because they mostly focus on the cop drama and sometimes dive into that, whereas the movies are just like, let us look at the rain and think about what it means to be human. Which is, like, <laughs> the most pretentious and least interesting shit ever. Yeah. Um, but uh, the, the, the thread that's interesting that they just don't really do very well is, um, you know, a common recurring thing is that they posit that an AI develops itself or is somehow developed, mm-hmm. and it contacts Motoko, the, uh, the main character, because it feels she's the only person who is close enough to be able to understand it. And very often it asks, you know, like, in, like, at least the, the comics, the movies, and at least one of the animes, it basically asks to merge. Mm. And the interesting reason it wants to merge is because it's, like, as a program, I basically reach the limit of how much I can change myself, mm-hmm. whereas a living being is, co- is part of an evolving and changing ecosystem. So if I don't change, I'll hit an evolutionary dead end. And I think you're worthy. Mm. And so that's kind of an interesting thing, right? Yeah. Um, but again, they usually don't write this very well, and it usually ends up being people staring at the rain or some shit, right? Um, and then, you know, for a part of the comic, they tried to do a thing where she did merge, and now she basically exists as multiple bodies. Through She, she can have multiple bodies throughout the planet at any time, mm. right? Because she's basically just code in the... In the internet, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, part of it, it posits that's kind of interesting is how many of these other things that she encounters are actually maybe offshoots of her. Mm, right? And so that's kind of interesting. But, like I said, they did, they just don't have the chops to totally do that well, right? Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of an interesting thing of that less and more than human, right? Like... Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's fascinating, really. But, I mean, I think that uh, transhumanism... For some reason, we've not gotten as much transhumanism as I would like in our fiction. I think we get a lot of it. I just think a lot of it's whack. Oh, well, (laughs) maybe that's it. Maybe I should preface that with good. Yeah. Um, Because I often think that, like, the shit that they do in the transhumanism stuff is really awkwardly handled in terms of, like, the politics around it and what it would mean and the fact that the class around it. Like, right. who gets to transform is should be a big question when you're talking about... Or who's about, forced to transform. Or who's forced. Um, who were the first test subjects? Like, these are the things to talk about. So, I, I on your recommendation, a couple other friends, I finally read... Uh, um, uh, God dang it, what's the term? Uh, ancillary Justice. Yay! And, like, you know, in terms of bad transformations... Having people's bodies forcefully taken over by an AI to basically be the AI's slave bodies. Right. Like, yeah, horrific and shit that, you know, people would do because people are assholes. Right? Oh, like, yeah. Like, yeah. I could totally believe a government doing that in a heartbeat. Um, the other one I think of that's also fucked up is from Val. Val Angelita actually has some pretty interesting transhumanism. Yeah. Um, but the one that just messes with my head, it's so... Uh, there's one city that basically they're a space station city and the way they've structured their society is everyone has nanotech in their head that forces everyone to be nice to each other. And so what it means is that basically people, you know, it's like, they're like, yeah, we have this perfectly orderly society where no one hurts each other, but they also don't have total free will to choose things. Yeah. And so, um, at one point in the story, it gets turned off, and everyone just falls into this total chaos because they have no self-control on their own. Wow. 
and all the repressed negative emotions they have about each other just blows out, and it's just like, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things I wanted to ask is, are we talking about a more... You know what? Let's just go for it. Yeah. Um, Do it. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. Mm. I know. We have to come back to it, though, because it is a huge science fiction touchstone of the last, like, decade. Yeah. And they tried to do the more and less than human thing. And in some ways, I feel like they succeeded. Um, I believe I've said it before, and I'll say it again. My One of my favorite scenes in that whole series is when the um, Sixes and the others decide to take the inhibitor chips out of the um, Centurions. Right. And they're like, well, you dumbed them down, the Raiders down, we made them smarter. And and so I'm like, there's an interesting level of intelligence, level of allowed intelligence happening there. Right. And then there's the mixed race baby, who's supposed to be magic in some way, that's never really explained. So, so I feel like, you know... So, like, when I jumped out, I bailed out on it, because I just couldn't with this series. That, um, you know, I can't, I can't blame you. It was, you know, what, what lost, two things lost it for me. Um, one was that they decided to stop actually carrying through on consequences. Yeah. That was one thing. Uh, you know, like, hey, we resolved racism in one episode. No. No. You guys don't resolve anything in one episode. This is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing was basically when I realized, like, you know, every episode starts with they have a plan. Motherfucker, they do not have a goddamn plan. <laughs> Nothing here they're doing makes sense. You guys clearly are just making shit up as you go, and you've lost me, right? And so that becomes the point when I just look at, like, every other point. Like, their spines glow when they have sex. No, no, they don't. Oh, look, now you're hearing now you're hearing, hearing Jimmy Hendrix. No, no, you aren't. I'm just like, no, just stop. Like, Well, and I feel like they got confused. Um, there, listen... <laughs> Science fiction doesn't. I, science fiction doesn't have to make sense, except within its own world. But and that's, that's the issue. That's the issue. <laughs> I was like, okay, their spines glow during sex. Why? What purpose does this have? I'm gonna put the spines glow on the same level as Twilight Sparkle vampires. What evolutionary purpose does this have? How does it help? How does it... What does it do for you that you... I I mean, being willing to accept that we're willing to just do some shit for style, but it's like, it's the fact that then you took it away, right? But it also, I feel bad because it basically means they can only have missionary sex. Yeah. And that's just a shame. Or blindfolded sex. Or blindfolded sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, but, you know, sometimes you like to see what, you know... I mean, if you yeah. decide you want to have sex with this person, you may want to see them. You know, I mean, that happens. Um, <laughs> and now I'm just laughing because I'm imagining like BS, BSG issues, Trans- transmission of STDs through glory holes by like. <laughs> you said that. That was not me. <laughs> through. That was not me. <laughs> I didn't say nothing about nobody. <laughs> I didn't say nothing about a. When you have virus. enough academic and kinky friends, your brain immediately goes to terrible places. When you catch that computer virus yeah. on the Cylon, you've been fucking. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. So I didn't understand why the mixed race baby was supposed to be so special. Like they were like Cylon and human had a baby. So 
Yeah, but I also feel like now, after having seen what they do with race in general, it, yeah. you know, you know. It like, wasn't the best. Because I'm like, when all the black people came out in dashikis, and especially after they said, we want to make things, quote unquote, as neutral, which meant white American. But like, yeah. I was willing to go, okay, if we're going to accept that the 12 colonies have this sort of modern American culture, and you're cutting everything else out, I'll accept that, but... You don't get dashikis. You don't get dashikis. <laughs> we don't suddenly have the one Asian Cylon doing naked Tai Chi. She needed to feel the air on her bo- robot body. <laughs> yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't even know. So, I mean, it's just like shit like that that I was just like, okay, clearly you guys have some race issues. Yeah. And, or when you have this savage, angry black guy kept in a cage. Right? <laughs> like... Okay, let's transition away from BSG. Yes. Yeah, there's just too many bad memories. <laughs> there's too many bad memories. Um, so some place that I think that More Than Human, and specifically adaptations, is really interesting, mm-hmm. is um, military sci-fi. Mm. Now, people would not suppose that I'm a fan of military sci-fi, but I love me a woman space marine. I always mm. have, I always will. Mm. Um, so, you know, I like the Tanya Huff series, um... I'm not going to name anyone else, because all the other series I feel like I have issues with. Fair enough. Um, there's 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 an interesting side character in the Halo series. Um, there's a Korean woman who's the best sniper. She is the, uh, she is the world's best sniper, and she's been an augmented uh, Spartan. Okay. But she only shows up in, like, a couple stories and a couple comics, but hasn't shown up in the main games, as far as uh, I know. Oh, Gene Johnson's uh, five-book series, I don't know what you call that. Um, there's not a reason why, okay. which is psychic military sci-fi. Ooh. Yes, it's a young girl who at 15 wakes up and realizes in 300 years the human race will be wiped out. Okay. So she finds a path. You told me about yes. this. Yes, yes, okay. And so she's basically trying to be, like, the stone that is thrown, that, like, knocks another stone and knocks another stone and allows humanity to survive. Um, I have not read the final two books yet. I have hmm. them. But the first three books were my shit. Like, they were good Military sci-fi, I mean, I don't know if the science holds up in a real-life situation, and I don't care. Right. Um, I appreciated that, like, she comes from a queer family. She's got Mm -hmm. two mothers. Um, There's actually a pretty intense discussion in the first book, when she joins the military, about how she doesn't know her father. Mm -hmm. Because she, it was a guy that her mothers um, picked up in the garden, Mm -hmm. and both had sex with. And there's an interesting moment where someone's like, well, da-da-da-da-da, that's, how could they step outside their marriage? And she's like, do you know how expensive artificial insemination is? Especially <laughs> on a back planet? <laughs> they wanted to have children. That's what they did. Like, yeah, man, yeah. Which I thought was really interesting and well done. Um, but, like, there's a lot about her coming from, like, a more dense planet, which means she's stronger. I love that series. Um, you know, that actually makes, when you said psychic military sci-fi, it reminds yes. me of, um, you know... Frank Herbert's a very uh, uneven writer. Yes. But he there's one book that I can say is pretty good all the way through, which is The Godmakers. Mm-hmm. And it's one that few people know about because it was a one-off book. But it basically, um, you, you had your human empire expanded, and then we broke up for whatever reason, and now basically they're trying to recontact all the colonies, right? Okay. And so part of that is, as they go back, their equivalent of the UN is basically contacting colonies and saying, 
Before we give you space technology, which you could use to start a war again, let's actually see if your society is, like, violent and fucked up. Or if you're, like, mature enough, we're like, okay, we're going to put you in, right? That seems real. Yeah, and so, like, this guy who basically goes out and does all that, you know, he's going out to investigate, he, uh, you know, on his first mission out, like, they give everyone a panic button. They're like, if something's wrong, you hit this, we'll come and save you. Yeah. And so, you know, he hits it, and, he, and they come down, and they're like, what the fuck's wrong? He's like, I don't know, something's wrong here, something's wrong here. And so, like, the guy who, you know, is leading the expeditionary force is like, okay, it costs a lot to send our fleet here, you know, let's walk it through. And he, he walks it through, and he finds out, like, oh, shit, there is all these things here that indicate these guys are warlike and messed up. But you just didn't have the words to articulate. Your your subconscious was ahead of yourself. Mm-hmm. So they put him in for the Psychic Academy. Mm. And so, like, the deal is, uh, what's really interesting is they actually know how to train you. And it's fucked up because their Psychic Academy's goal is to make a god. Oh, that's not cute. And it was messed up because they said, yeah, so before we made a rock into a god. So, <laughs> like, they listed some other random shit. And they're like, so, we have to be real careful about how we do this. Because it can change the universe. And they're, like, explained in class, like, the arrangement of every seat, the words I say and the pace I say them at, everything is calculated to cause the minimal amount of disturbance so we can control which way this goes. And so he has to go through a bunch of shit in the Psychic Academy. And, you know, it was just kind of interesting because it's both more than less than human, Mm -hmm. especially in the sense that he's coming from, I thought I was just a normal person, and now I'm having to deal with all this other stuff. Yeah. yeah, so that was a pretty fun one. I, okay, I like that. I'm, I'm going to try to pick that up. Um, the the other one that I thought of, Babylon 5. Mm, I never really got to watch it. Oh, we're going to But I, I know, I know, like, a little bit about it. Like, I know they have their, their creepy psychic CIA. Yes. <laughs> we're going to have to do a Babylon 5 watch through. Okay. Because um, Babylon 5 is damn good. Everyone's told me this. Who's got the DVDs, though? Uh, you know, I. why does my household only have the second season on DVD? I have a copy <laughs> of the second season. My roommate has a copy of the second season. But none of us has one, three, four, or five. I don't know. <laughs> um, I need to get on that. I keep going to Amoeba and seeing if they have it, but they never have it. Right. Um, Babylon 5 was a fantastic, I think a fantastic um, space opera series set on a space station that was supposed to be, like, the last hope for peace. Right. Um, because there had been some wars, and some fucked up shit had happened. Um, like, the humans in Mimbari had gone to war, um, to the point where the Mimbari almost, like, destroyed humans. Mm. And it was all misunderstanding, because culturally, Mimbaris um, keep their weapon ports open when they meet a new ship, as a sign that they're not doing anything. Uh. And the humans interpreted that as an attack, and then shot, right. and then, like, shit went down. Um... So there's a lot of interesting stuff in Babylon 5 about culture. The aliens all have a culture. Um, Some of them have been colonized by each other. Um, The Narns, who are a reptilian race, were colonized by the Centurions. Mm -hmm. Um, As a consequence, it's one of the reasons they don't have psychics anymore, because all of their psychics were killed during the colonization. Um, So, and they're both on this council. So there's, like, shit going down. Right. Um... And the Mimbari, like, there's just really interesting stuff about humanity and what it means, because at one point, ooh, should I spoil it? I'm gonna spoil it. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, the series has been out, what, 15, 20 years? I mean, Delenn, who you meet as a Mimbari in the first season, beginning of the second season, undergoes this transformation that makes her part human. 
Hmm. Specifically so she can serve as... The Mimbari have, like, three castes. They have a religious caste, a warrior caste, and a worker caste. Okay. Now, that division always feels a little oomph to me. Right. Because I'm like, so the worker caste get the shit job, is what you're right. telling me. Right, Like, they have to do everything. Right. While y'all just train and fight, and y'all just pray. Right. So that, mm, issue. But... It does say something that their council is like their great council is three of each. Okay. So, but she specifically is pushing, putting herself in a prophecy they have about someone who's going to be a link between humans and Mimbari. So there's shit going down about like what is human, what does it mean to be human, um, which I appreciate. There's also the shadows and the and the Vorn. Are those the big robot-looking dudes? They're the big robot-looking dudes, but what they actually are like beings of light that live inside the suits. Um, And you basically, I mean, through the course of the series, you find out that the shadows believe in evolution through chaos, and the Vorn believe in it through through order. Mm. And that basically they visited every race. There's a point where one of them gets out of the suit for a specific reason in front of a bunch of people, and after they go and talk to them, they realize everyone saw a mythic good being from their cultural history. Ah. So there's manipulations happening on both sides, which I enjoyed. Um, But the psychics, the psychics go through some shit. Mm. There's manipulation, there's brainwashing, there's code words, there's levels of psychic ability. Um, There's the black man they experiment on. Uh. Yeah. But he does end up evolving past all of them. Like, basically, they experiment on him, and he starts to develop telekinesis, which they don't really have. Um, And eventually, he evolves past being human. You see him as this, like, star shape in the sky. Oh. (laughs) Where you're like, okay, he just sort of became a god. Right. So there's a more than human for you that goes from a Tuskegee experiment to, like, ascension, which is a very interesting arc. Um, So, the one that I did want talk about, and I don't know if I said on the podcast before, but I've told you about this before, Real Drive. It's an anime uh, set in the future. Uh, basically, there's some kind of weird natural disaster that's happening that we don't know what the deal is. Mm-hmm. It causes power to go out, and then we get like the equivalent of a tsunami. Okay. right? And uh, they're trying to figure out how this goes. You know, they, They're studying for like 40 years, trying to figure out, why does this happen? What are the reading? You know? And um, they end up creating a VR world you know, our internet becomes VR, mm-hmm. and this guy who was trying to, he was a diver trying to understand about the tsunami thing, um, like, he gets in a horrible, like, it basically kicks off while he's down below taking readings. Oops. So he ends up hospitalized in a coma, mm-hmm. wakes up 40 years later, so now he's this old man in a wheelchair, oh, and he becomes, he becomes, um, like, you know, in the VR world, it basically is mapped as if it was, like, the sea. And he's like, uh, because he was such a good diver, he actually was like, oh, I can actually do this pretty well. And it's like, it lets me actually feel like I have a normal body, you know, a young body, a healthy body again, and I miss diving. And mm-hmm. so he becomes like, uh, he becomes like an equivalent, uh, internet got the equivalent of an internet rescue Okay, member. Because basically people who go too deep into the VR, like, they don't come out. Oh. And so he has to go and rescue their minds. And so what I thought was interesting was, having a main protagonist who is, you know, physically disabled and mm-hmm. old and not attractive, you know? Like, yeah. And uh, at the same time, they also have robots. And what's interesting is the androids... The androids uh, start off, like, they're all 
uh, little problematic that they're all modeled after this one woman. Mm. Um, but it's not like they have billions of them. It's sort of like all happening on this one island that this company owns. And the president of the company is the one who they're modeled after. Okay. So, you know, yeah. but what's interesting is very early on you realize, like, yes, okay, you know, if there was just this woman walking down the street, you'd be like, okay, it's just a random woman. But when you have a conversation with them, you're like, oh, yeah, you're not human. Like, and one of the things I thought was great was they do have a romance between a character and one of the androids, and it starts off, like, so interesting because they both have a shared passion for martial arts. Ooh. And the androids having hobbies and stuff is kind of a thing. They're like, wait, this android has a hobby? Like, you know, they're getting differentiation, but slow. And this whole point when, uh, at one point, the android explains, it's like, oh, you know, uh, I've been programmed to do these certain things out of politeness, you know, if it doesn't interfere with my duties. Mm -hmm. And, like, it explains, like, uh, something like, yeah, men will often ask to spend time talking to me because that's what they expect of women. And so I've just been programmed to listen to that as long as it doesn't mess with my what Ooh, I have to shit. do. Which is fucked up, yeah. but it's an interesting, like, you acknowledge there's sexism in your society, and your robots are programmed around it. And yeah. the Android even explained, like, yeah, androids don't have gender, so it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, so on the topic of disability, because mm -hmm. I often think that when we do... The, when when we do, when the more than human stuff comes up, um, or the less than human, it's right. got it's got some connection with non neurotypicalness, disability. It's a fix, or it's a, a replacement, a replacement, or here you have this magic superpower to make up, yeah, yeah to make up for it. Um, and I just, I'm, ooh, no, I'm not saying that. Um, well, it's about, so you know what you want to say, but you have to say it in a way that makes sense, right? Yeah, like, um, so, I'm wondering, because how often do we get just the, like, cis, straight, white man that's augmented in that same way? Right. Like, that they just get awesome superpowers because they're a white dude. Exactly. They right. don't, they don't have the, the, and even with people of color, when people of color are altered in a certain way. Um, it almost feels like we're making up for the fact that you're a person of color. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like this is the very point of Magical Negro, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like it's like, uh, you couldn't just be smart and do it on your own. You clearly have to have magical powers. Yeah. Right? And, you know, I, I feel like that's actually key to even the, the Magical Negro trope, which is, why is this white person uh, sort of in a in a mentee role underneath a person of color? It's because they have magical wisdom, yeah. right? Which, now that I think about, like, in that terms, it makes, like, the, the Matrix even more problematic. Well, and, and Even though Keanu, you know, is a person but he's not really, you he, know? <laughs> he, is, he is, but he's not acknowledged as such right. by society. Right. So it's sort of like, uh, yeah, he's one that got through on y'all. Right. It's sort of like Will Smith, who, can we just diverge for a second and talk about that new movie and how pissed people are that he has a romance with a white girl. They are angry. And it's fascinating to me because I almost feel like when that shit happened, Will Smith must have had like a jerk back moment where he was like, oh, I thought y'all liked me. Oh, I took one step too far as the Negro. Like, it was totally like... I, I am so curious about his, his personal life dynamics just because I'm sort of like... You're in Scientology. 
Which puts you in a weird Well, I don't think bubble. he's ever admitted to being a Scientologist. He's just odd connections with them. Don't be telling them your shit, Will. Um, but I... But I also feel like Jay just got put some, put some reality to his shit, right? Yeah. Like, like, nah, Will, they can't grow that far, like... Right? But yeah. it's just fascinating to me that that happened to Will Smith, because I don't think he was expecting it, and I don't think a lot of people who bought, bought into the post-racist society were expecting it. the backlash that did happen. And I have said it from the beginning when they had, when they did the movie, um... That one where he's a superhero. Yeah, I know which one you're talking about. Hancock. Uh, Hancock, yeah. And it was like, they talk about him and Charlize Theron having had a romance way back when. Right. But there's no affection shown between them. And in fact, he, as the black man, like, let's be real. He's had a centuries-long relationship with this woman that she still remembers. Right. He steps out of the way so she can have this, like, couple decades with this white man. Like, and I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's step out of the way for now, or step out of the way, well, not yeah, permanently, yeah. Yeah. but it's just a sort of really odd moment. Um, yeah. 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 It's just weird. But aside from that, <laughs> aside from that divergence. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of times it's sort of like, the further you are away from able-bodied cis white man, like, the more that they want to give you something to make up, like, because just being a person wasn't enough. Well, right. and also being, like, um, when you're an older person of color in these films, when you're, like, the Bagger Vance or the, like, you know, a hundred other yeah. names that don't matter, because who, who gives a shit after you die? Um, you're often, like, also sort of disabled in a way. Yeah. Like, you're often old and blind or, like... Yeah. And it's interesting because I feel like the main characters who suffer disability and get augmented get an augmentation that um, helps them, and this is a problematic issue at all, like having a disabled character who's not really disabled. Right, like they become superhuman. Exactly. I'm Daredevil, I'm blind, but basically I can see outside of seeing color at a distance. Exactly. Right, Right? so it's like, mm. But so when that happens, but the, the magical Negro or that character has, like, an ability that helps the main character. It has right. nothing to do with helping their quality of life at all. Right, right. Like, it's all about what I see the devil for you, young white child. Right, And right. let me help you through it, and then I'm gonna die. Or, or I, can, I am a sea goddess who can make a storm that doesn't actually affect the battle in any way. <laughs> it's, 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 but we can all stand here in the, in the, like, swamp waters holding candles for you white folks to let you know how fucking special you are. <laughs> it's, it's the magic of the earth. And, and, oh, God. There's something so, there's something unforgivable about manipulating an ATR to make a magical system without the respect that that ATR deserves. There's also something that makes it so much worse when you tag on that fake Caribbean accent. You just took it from 10 to 11. So so just continuing with this divergence a little yeah. bit, though. Recently, um, there's this interesting thing. A friend of mine was talking about why he has a hard time writing about mythology in his home culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's because he's like... I'm not sure if he's second or third generation, but he's not, for, you know, he was not born in his home culture, mm-hmm. and the only reason I'm being very sketchy on details is because he's being attacked by angry white people online, but um, basically he was saying the reason he has a hard time writing about it is because he's like, I don't actually, you know, have enough knowledge of this to give it the proper respect. And I noticed that some of the responses he got were people like, 
well, but if you just do with good intention, it'll be alright. And he's like, no. And I realize that's the difference between a lot of POC who know what the deal is, is we're like, we have to hit a certain standard to give this thing the proper respect. Yeah. And they're all just like, well, it'll be okay. And it's like, no, no, no. This is actually sacred or meaningful or culturally important. Exactly. And we can't just blow it through and call it good. Right. right, exactly. Like an author, I think is amazing at that is Nala Hopkinson, who has ATRs mm. in mm. many of her works. Right, and is very respectful. Very, I mean, I, I love Sister Mine, which actually involves the Loas as right. characters right. that are well done and feel like family members, and it's just it's fantastic. Right, and I mean, it's sort of like a thing where it's like, sure, whatever the cultural or mythological thing is, doesn't have to be the center of the story. But it still has to be treated with respect, right? Yeah. And it's like, and I feel like it's definitely different. Like, people go, well, we can make all these, like, goofy things about, like, Christianity that are mocking Christianity. I'm like, because Christians aren't persecuted. I mean, like, like, if you were telling me this in Roman times, I would have been like, okay, hello. let's, you know, like, you're being chased by lions, fair enough. Like, let's be kind to your religion. But, like, bro, you guys have had your fingers on the nuke buttons for, like, how long? And let's just, let's just say it flat out, punching up is very different from punching down. Right. Everyone in our society is assumed to be Christian until proven differently. Right. Um, and if you're not Christian, you're probably wrong until, there's something wrong with you until proven differently, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, do we want to move on to the final segment, or do we have more to say about more than human? Um, just real quick, I'm trying yeah. to remember, what was the name of the psychics in Mass Effect? They had like a weird... Adepts? Oh, Adept was like... Oh, Bionics. Bionics. Yes. Uh, biotics. 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 I, I thought it was really interesting how they actually acknowledged that this enhancement wasn't perfect. Yeah. That they're like, yeah, like uh, Kaiden, how he has like severe headaches, and they're like, yeah, it's because he has the older generation implants. I was just like, ooh. You know, like... Okay, and to bring up a book that I love and you hate. What's uh, that? C.S. Friedman's This Alien Shore. You've mentioned this, and I don't remember the book at all. So I know, you keep telling me. I, could, did I read it before chemo? I think so. Okay, that might be it. And But I, I remember your reaction very well, because you the, what you said explicitly stuck in my head as, what it? she's just a girl who cries and throws up in her hair a lot. <laughs> and I was just like, okay. Um, and I'm scared to go back and read it again, because it is one of my favorite books as it stands now, and I'm right. afraid of the suck fairy. But one of the things I really did enjoy about it was that um, it had non-neurotypical... The non-neurotypical issues in the book Mm -hmm. didn't... It was weird because it didn't stem from their powers. Their powers and being non-neurotypical sort of stemmed from the same root of being exposed to this radiation, which is problematic in and of itself. Right. But I I really appreciated that this group of people who all di- had different um, different issues, different, I think one was bipolar and one had schizophrenia, that this society had learned how to function with these people right, as a whole and functioning and powerful society. Mm-hmm. And I just appreciated that when I was younger. Um, but yeah. Right. They actually had space for folks, right? They had space for folks and that like they had rituals around this, like they would paint their faces very deliberately to show how to interact, how to interact with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should probably move on to, uh, why must it be? Um, 
Why don't you go first? Yeah, because I, I already heard the passion in your voice earlier today, so I know it's going to be on. <laughs> uh, I'll go, I, I've got two of them, but I'll go with the easier one. Um, so, uh, you know Steam, the service that sells video games. They've been yes. trying to sell a, a you know, specialized box to run on their own OS, which I would be excited about. I You know, when they first mentioned it, I was kind of hyped because I was like, hey, I would like to be able to play the fuckloads of cheap-ass games I bought on your system. Yeah. And, like, have something that does just that, because then I don't have to worry about viruses. You know, like, it's one box that does one thing and should be specialized towards gaming. Yeah. But their OS is built on Linux, which means most of the games aren't actually going to run on it. Only, you know, some games will run on it. Right? Which, okay, you know, that might be okay, except they announced the prices, you know, just like this week, and they said... Well, it goes, you know, you can get the low-end box for 500 Woo! And, you know, the high-end box is 3000 which Woo! is intense, like, PC gaming. And I'm like, so why wouldn't I just get a Windows box where all my games would run? Right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I would be willing to accept less if your thing costed less. Right? But it don't. And I'm like, it's this thing where people... I, I, I feel like this is the big issue with current, like, game publishers, is I look at it and go, have you thought about why the consumer would fucking want this at all? Yeah. Like, 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 you know, that was my issue with Xbox One. They're like, we made it so you have to be online all the time. It'll be awesome. What? What, what? what if my internet goes out? with? there's a storm? What if I'm trying, you know? Like, what if I just want to play a game? Right, like, like, I see how it makes it awesome for you because it makes piracy harder, but it doesn't do shit for me. And it's five hundred dollars. Well, that's a lot. And it comes with Kinect. I don't want Kinect. What, what part of this is good for me, right? Yeah. And that's how I feel with the Steam thing. And it just irritates me because I'm like, if you don't have shit to sell me like that, I would want. Why? I'm just supposed to want it because you made it, like, bro. Like, no, that's not gonna work. No. Yeah. So that's my minor. Why must it be? Because I'm just sort of like. Guys aren't even telling me something I could say. Oh, I could see how I'd want that. Like well, so, and three thousand dollars. Well, you gaming PCs, crazy? gaming PCs, get as ridiculous as you want. It's like a car. You but, can put as much. But into it's it not as you a want. PC, is it? It's the box. Well, no, it is. It, you could just oh, throw could Windows you. on it instead. But I'm like, so, well, why wouldn't I just buy a Windows box? Yeah, right. And like someone, uh, someone online was all like, well, you could emulate Windows. I'm like. Why would I pay more or equally as much to emulate and take a performance hit when I could just buy a Windows box? And I don't care for Windows particularly, but if my point is to play games and you're going to cut out, like, 75% of the games that I could get, why would I pay for this? Yeah. Like, if it was cheaper, if you told me, yeah, we're selling this for, like, 200 250 I'd go, oh, that could make itself up, right? Yeah. But at, like, 500 Nope. Yeah, no. Anyway, so lay into yours, because I, uh, I hear it in your voice. <laughs> oh, why must it be? Okay. Uh, white people. Ah, uh, well, yes. Uh, <laughs> hashtag not all white people. Um, <laughs> although, just to diverge, Enough, enough. To, to diverge for a moment, anytime you have to use a hashtag that's like not all white people or not all men... That means my eyes are on you. Yeah. Because the people who get what we're saying know that we don't mean them, and they didn't got to put a hashtag out there. Right, right. Like, hit dogs holler, right? Exactly. 
Thank you. I don't like people who set their children on fire. What are you talking about me? Oh, hmm, interesting. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I at the con recently, we were sitting around in a group, and there were plenty of white people in there, and I brought up things from Empire that dealt with whiteness. Mm-hmm. And they were all like, yeah, no. They, they didn't get defensive. They weren't like, not all white folks, hashtag. Okay, but that's my divergence. So, the thing. The thing. Oh, the thing. He's rubbing his temples, folks. This is deep. <laughs> Let's talk about names. Okay. Let's talk about names that you give yourself. Okay. You are white. Okay. How dare you give yourself an indigenous name? I'm not going to name you because I was raised right. But, and it, okay, so here's the thing. At first, I I didn't I didn't confront this person because I didn't want to go off in the group and be the mean black man, which is always a danger. Right, um, especially these days when there's any reason to get you shot. Exactly. But at first, I wanted to give them the benefit of a doubt. Because you're because like, because like, like, there's a lot of native folks who are mixed and they don't code, and you're just like, I'm not here to be your blood quantum tester, right? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know you. You, yeah, I have plenty of friends who are mixed, who don't look mixed, or don't code the right way, so fine, fine, fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to police this shit. But then, when you say in conversation, well, I was just raised a middle class, like, white man, and I'm just come from a middle class, all white family, why is... The name on your fucking badge, not your name. Like, like, unless it's like a screen name, but even then it shouldn't be a native name, right? Even then it shouldn't be a native name. See, people, people, one of my, one of the, one of my favorite authors who was at Falcon was the guest of honor, was, is Catherine Valente. Mm-hmm. I will always love the Orphan Tales duology. I will always oh, love Oh, uh, and this is about her, her screen name thing, right? Remember? didn't she have um, a Japanese... Yes, hers, her... Live journal name used to be, I think, Yukiona. Okay, yeah. And because she spent a lot of time in Japan, she was there, I think, uh, I want to say because she was in a military family of some sort or something. Right, right. Um, and they were stationed there. So she has a lot, she has a lot of knowledge around Japanese culture. She spent a lot of time there. She did a lot of good research. Someone finally said, um, you know, having that screen name is pretty problematic. Right. And Catherine Valente took it in and was like, you know what, you're right. And her screen name now, I think, is just C. Valente. Right. So, you know, I it's one of the reasons she's one of my favorite people. She actually didn't get defensive. She was like, okay, you know, let me think about this for a while. You're right. Let me shift it. Right. If you come, Falcon is not an explicitly political convention at all. Right. Not the way WizCon is. WizCon is explicitly a feminist convention. Right. I expect you to know your shit if you're at WizCon. Right. But this person also goes to WizCon. Right. So, and a lot of, there's a lot of crossover between the attendees. Well, and you know, here's the thing. If you're like in your early 20s and you have this, this name, that's, you know, a lot of people, I feel a lot of people just stay stupid until, like, once you get 25, my my expectations of you rise significantly, right? Yeah. Like, you've had enough time to be out the home and get your head straight, right? But, like, yeah. Well, and this person is definitely not young. 
Um, here, what, what, how dumb are you? What, do you know the history of Native and Indigenous people being slaughtered and then their history being taken up by white folks who are like, I'm 116th. They call me bear shits in the woods. They do not need you to do what, even if you think it's a respectful version. Right. No. I say no to that. So so it's interesting because I was thinking about this earlier, like a month or two ago, about how much it's very much like a form of necromancy. Mm-hmm. They, they get rid of the people and erase them, and then they take on all their culture and stuff like they're going to get magic from it. Yeah. Right? Like, I'll wear your headdress. I'll put your name on. I'll do, quote unquote, your practices that I bought from a New Age book that some other white person made up some shit. Speak. <laughs> yeah. And, and how, and how dare you it's one thing, it's not one thing. Don't take on our names. Because there's also the difference of when you have our names, it's cool. And it's edgy. Meanwhile, we can't get a goddamn job. Thank or you. the police are throwing our ass in, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to change your name to something more exotic. You're going to write your Japanese um, fantasy series under a pseudonym that sounds like it might be Japanese, I see you, Leanne Hearn, and then you're going to play it off. No, I don't play like that. You you have a name you were born with, and it's a name that everyone, for the most part, can pronounce. You don't have to go through the shit that we do. And, and if you want to take a pseudonym, you don't have to jump to an exotic pseudonym. Like, that's the problem. Exactly. Because like, I'm totally like, I get it. You may want a different name for a whole bunch of reasons. Like, I had a friend who... I mean, he was a person of color, but the situation was he was named after a grandfather who was a rapist. And he said, I don't want this name. I'm like, okay, you may have personal history like that. Valid. Totally valid. But you don't go, like, I saw some just a couple days ago where someone, I was like, the first name was like, uh, was like uh, East Indian, like East Indian Hindu name. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay. And the last name was Bliss. And I'm like... Ain't no one out here calling themselves Bliss except some white person in Berkeley who wants to imagine the yep. River Tam. True. You know, like, basically. <laughs> that, that is damn truth. And I am just so tired of it. My real name has six letters. None of those sounds are absent in the English language. Right. And yet a bunch of folks, I can't wear a name tag at a con without someone going, well, that's an interesting exotic name. Is it really? Is it? Did I need you to tell me that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the most commentary I need to make is, did I say that right? Thank you. That's you know, all. Yeah. That's all. And I just, I really just feel like, don't pretend that you are aware. Listen, you want to have your, like, native pseudonym, and you want to write your books, and you want to do this, and whatever. That's fine, man. You go on and do it. But don't you dare try and approach me like you're culturally aware. Don't well, you dare try and approach me like you're progressive. You, you took our names, but where's the rest of us? Thank you. Well, you know, where are the rest of the people who you're promoting, right? And it's different if you, say, were working in, say, a native tribe for many years, they decide to give you a name. Exactly. Or, you know, hey, I've been practicing Buddhism for this long, and the monks granted me this Buddhist name. Like, that's a different thing. That's a very you different know, story. That was granted by the community, as opposed to, I looked in a book, or that just sounded cool. Exactly. I grew up, I went to high school with two Native friends um, who were named Rainbow and Winterhawk. 
Mm-hmm. And I know the shit they went through from white folks for having those names. And that's one of the things that pisses me off the most when I see these people who have decided to rename themselves, you know, Cassandra Rains in the Park or whatever. Yeah. And act like they... This is why I don't go to Berkeley that often. Because I can't cross that border. <laughs> I can't cross that border into white Dealing hip, with that bullshit. Dealing yeah. with that bullshit. And so people just don't do it. Have some respect. You, there are plenty of exotic European names. Amazingly amounts. Right. That, that, you know what? They're amazing American names. You can make up a name. There's a number of things you can do. But to go and specifically evoke a culture that your people are responsible for wiping, well, not wiping off because they're still there, but for ignoring. We're trying to wipe off. Trying to wipe, try to wipe off. You try to wipe them out. And now that there are still people alive who are native, you try and ignore them and act like they did all die out. Don't cast them in anything. Cast all these white people like Johnny Depp as native folks when you could have got Adam Beach or a number of native actors. Right. So don't sit there and then co-opt the name. Right. Like, you already... That's just adding so much insult to so much injury. You already fucked them over. This is why it's necromancy. They have to take it. They have and to that, take that's it the and thing make it there. It's like, it's like, this is not even a physical object. It's not like, say, like... At land, you know, if it's land, I could say, okay, I could see how land gave you material resources. It's a goddamn name. Mm-hmm. You're just doing this just to be a dick. Yeah. Like, and, yeah. And just just don't do it, people. Don't do it. We all have pseudonym dreams. When I was 12 years old and I was like, I'm going to be a writer, I decided that my pseudonym name was going to be Saturn Walker because I was 12 years old. And, I, you know, I still might use it one day. You know what? Like, fucking, like, be like a hip-hop star. Have 20 different goddamn pseudonyms. But yeah. you don't have to take someone's exotic, you know, you don't have to take someone else's culture to do your shit. And to make yourself sound exotic. Yeah. Um, that's the lesson for today, folks. Don't jack our culture. I- I'm talking to you, Iggy Azalea. I'm talking to you, Macklemore. Yeah. I'm talking to so many of you. There have always been white rappers. There always have been. But you know what? A lot of them grew up with us. Yeah. It's, it's, don't, don't try and pretend. Just don't try and pretend that your culture, that we come from the same place by changing your name and being like, but I'm from the streets. Motherfucker, no, you're not. Yeah. You're not from the streets. Where the fuck, where the fuck are you all these other times? Yeah. You're not of the people. You're not, that's the, the other thing. How it, there are people who take native names or like other names from different cultures, and actually promote people of that culture. Right. It doesn't make it right, but at least they're trying to do something. They're to trying balance. to give a little something. They're back. trying to give something back, right? But unless you your ass can sit there and name me some native, well, again, this is the thing. Writers. Did they grant you this name? Exactly. If they grant you this name, then you can use it. But even then, maybe you should only be using it in certain contexts, right? Like if you're given a Buddhist name. You should be using it in Buddhist practices, but you don't go around saying like I'm floating clouds. No, like why? Why? You? why? you know, like are you teaching in a Buddhist context? Or are you at a mosque? You know, I don't go and say, "Well, shit, call me floating clouds." I'll write on my check. Like, no, motherfucker. Like, no, no. Um, so that is my why must it be? Yeah. Um, I just can't. Yeah, I can't with it, and I'm sorry that was so long, and at the same time, I'm not sorry it's so long, because people need to hear that. And, yeah, like we said, there's a difference between people who are 
native and appear white and people who just and live their lives that way yep. and people who just take on the name to do you know about the people from from native tribes that are left to wander in the snow by cops and killed do you know about the re-education centers how do you many know missing women there how are many missing women there are and, and that's right them. now we're right not now. even talking about three generations no. No, we're talking right right now. now in america and canada how many missing native women there are do you know any of this shit or do you just get off on being called, you know, Gold Sting or whatever you make your name out to be. I'm trying not to say the real name. I'm about, I'm about to start call, I'm about to call these people like, uh, uh, like the, the the pumpkin spice whisperer. Right. Like, like, <laughs> I want to say the real spice. name, and I'm holding myself back. Well, we should close up though. Yes, we should uh, close up before uh, next time we're going to do. Next time we're going to do uh, superheroes whitewashed and racist. Yes. Um, Yellow Peril originally suggested whitewashed superheroes, which I was down with, but I wanted to add racist because I felt like we needed to talk about Mandrill because no conversation about comics or superheroes and race, race is complete without talking about the fucked up shit that's Mandrill. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, next time is superheroes, whitewashed and racist, and it's uh, emails yellowperil.magicalnegro at gmail.com. Yes. I always get these mixed up. My brain, not so good. <laughs> yes, the email is yellowperil.magicalnegro at gmail.com. Yeah. Shoot us an email if you have a specific superhero you'd like us to talk about. Um, not saying we'll do it, but if you want yeah, to suggest yeah. and it's something we're down with, we might just take it on on the air. Cool. We'll catch you all next time. Bye.